0: Welcome to the Betsy, Betsy Boss, Boss Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. If you're listening to this, it means that you're tuning in for another round of female trivia, history, mysteries. <laughs> we are just so excited to be back here bringing you all of the female-friendly story. That's right. And we may not be star-spangled hammered tonight but we still have some fun topics to talk about absolutely in fact we just got done watching a part of this new Ted Bundy series which is out Um, it's on Amazon original and it's really cool because it places further emphasis on the female victims rather than on Ted Bundy himself and they really didn't do that for a while I'm sure to in part to protect the uh, identities of these women but yeah. It's really cool.
1: Well, as you know, I've always been into these true crime documentaries and whatnot, and I feel like there's been a weird Ted Bundy resurgence recently. And it's interesting to, you know, see these documentaries and watch the like the, the Ted Bundy tapes or whatever it was came out not too long ago. And it's interesting to see um, him speaking firsthand. But I think a lot of people felt like that series in particular placed a large emphasis on him and not so much on the actual victims. And I know myself personally, I haven't seen a lot of documentaries out there that actually, I don't think I've seen any out there that actually speak to the families of the victims and kind of give you a um, perspective of who these people actually were and how concerned they were when they went missing and all that type of stuff. So I think This was very interesting to see in kind of a different angle on the whole Ted Bundy story and whatnot. Yeah, we were
0: commenting on how different things were back in that time period and how much more trusting people were of their kids. My mom used to take the train downtown with her little girlfriends and she was like eight years old, (laughs) you know, stepping over homeless people. And they were just kind of allowed to do that stuff. Just wander. Like, just go. Just... Yeah, no one worried. They were like, go climb a tree. Right. Go get your feet wet. Right. Rub go, some dirt in. Yeah,
1: walk in the street. Like, just, you know, whatever. Don't want to see it till. Yep. Till Children
0: should be seen and not heard. Right. Or not seen or heard. Right. <laughs> Ever again. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> right. Beat it. Hit Ugh. the road, Jack. Ugh. But, yeah, it's just kind of crazy how folks just trusted. And they hitchhiked. They. Went out, walked around. They yeah, the met hitchhiking, people they I didn't think, know. was especially
1: scary. I know my dad. I think I was telling you, like, hitchhiked often to school because <laughs> he's one of your typical big Irish Catholic families and small house. I think they had one full bath and then one like how half many kids? bath. Eight kids. Oh, can you and, imagine? Oh, and they they. My grandma was like, "All right, let the girls get up early and like get ready." But,
0: Great, punish the girls. Well,
1: right? typical procrastinators, though she'd be like, "Go back to bed, go back to bed," and then she'd finally like, "All right, the girls are done, and wake him up." And it's like, "All right, you have like five minutes to get oh, to school." Gosh. So maybe
0: the guys did get screwed. After yeah, all. I, th- I
1: think they actually. I think they all were screwed <laughs> because they were all like <laughs> scrambling in the morning. But
0: Sharon, one tiny yeah. bathroom. I can't even imagine. Oh my god! Well, the stupid thing <laughs> was.
1: <laughs> like, we we'll do whatever. Was, so there's eight kids, and they had, it was technically a three-bedroom house, and they had an oh attic. God. So that puts, what, well, four kids here's, in each bedroom? No, here's the stupidest thing. They had a full attic, and that's where the half bath was, was up in the attic. Like a little powder room. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it, it, the oldest was a boy, and then it was five girls, then my dad, then his brother, and then another girl. Whew. And because of that gap I guess and the son was the oldest they were like oh he needs his space he needs his own domain so they gave him the whole attic instead of giving the girls five girls that they made share two bedrooms an attic right an attic with a bathroom to themselves like it makes no logical sense at least a toilet I mean you think (sighs) about
0: young girls and they are just disgusting right I mean they're worse than boys because you're bleeding out of weird places you're experiencing your new body for the first time <laughs> you're starting to smell a little funky ugh. you know you gotta learn about that stuff in a secure safe environment like an well, attic well and I'll, I'll tell you yeah I, I should have been locked away for those years but I wish I was ugh. locked away honestly and not allowed to see the light of day because <laughs> frankly the image that um oh, came God. out of my home Whew. oh yeah how did to think. I don't know how my
1: parents let me out on the street uh, every morning just my
0: parents should have put a muzzle on me to keep me from oh. eating because that was my favorite activity <laughs> um, but I can hobbies? say <laughs> eating an obscene amount of food every day until I feel All the better, time. and then I feel worse um, but yeah I can say that like when I was growing up my parents wouldn't let me move. I think my mother <laughs> probably, especially if we were around a pool, a oh, place with a hazard yeah, yeah. that was out in the open, oh an attractive God. hazard. I forget what they were called them in law school. Um, there was a special like kind of... an enticing of, type of... Yeah, like an enticing thing I know that that's a child not the word, or somebody impressionable yeah. would be lured into. Yeah, that's not the word, but yeah. yeah. Some sort of attractive hazard. Yeah. But my God, if there was an attractive hazard nearby, I'll oh. be damned. but if there was an unattractive hazard. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like <parents> me. <laughs> were, yeah. I'm known as the unattractive oh, hazard, actually. These Still days. wouldn't let me near it. <laughs> right. It's So true. Oh. But my gosh, I mean, people just were allowed to have free
1: reign. It's crazy. It's crazy to think. Like, I just, I cannot imagine living that
0: life. No, me neither. And I would just be terrified all the time, I'd I think. I mean, I was terrified during my childhood and nothing happened. So, like, I can only imagine. (laughs) Me too. I was always convinced. I mean, we were talking about your brother, your little brother. But, my gosh, I was totally convinced that every single night somebody was going to break into the house and just kill me. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. kidnappers around every corner oh absolutely car goes down the street i don't recognize they're they're coming for
0: me on the like, main line which by right. the way is oh, the beverly hills of pennsylvania it's pretty much yeah. um which doesn't sound all that nice yeah. actually because <laughs> pennsylvania is yeah. hardly a uh, an oasis country club <laughs> yeah. actually it's very much a country club oh it sure is Ooh, yeah, it's a country it's club no, society it's no destination let's no. say Ooh, nobody's trying to come here uh, on a wedding yeah. or any sort of vacation <laughs> <No>. <laughs> unless you like the Amish yeah. want some hey. shoe fly pie I mean yeah I was going to say they do have really good food out there
1: and they make great ho- like um, tables and oh, my carpentry beautiful woodwork like solid
0: woodwork incredible <laughs> beautiful just the carvings quality are so intricate stuff get out there and Absolutely. some good food Oh, yeah, good and plenty. I gotta plug it because I went to school (laughs) out there. I'm probably identifying myself, but who's to say? You know, um, but yeah, really, there's
1: lots of kids going to school out in the cornfields out there, could be anywhere,
0: but oh, absolutely recommend good and plenty. You just sit down, and these Amish people, what is
1: good and plenty? Oh,
0: my god, because on (laughs) ticket is the candy (laughs) bar. So it's a place where you go, and there's several wooden tables, it's almost like a picnic setup. And you sit down at a red and white checkered tablecloth. Oh, the classic! The classic. Yeah. And these Amish folks just throw food into your face and slide it it down your gullet until you
1: explode. Of course. Like, could you go there for lunch? Or like, how does it? You can go there
0: any time of day. You can eat yourself stupid, (laughs) and it is just a delight until you're done. Oh, I bet. And it's done not when you're satisfied, but when you don't. Like you're sure you're going to barf, you <laughs> oh, know, you make it out of there when you come back for, I know, seconds. oh my gosh, honestly, just like empty the tank, come right. back for right. more. <laughs> um, I think that's how they did it back in the day. Oh, probably. I mean, internet. you don't know when you're getting your next meal. So, you right. Know? Tell me about it. But I don't know. But thinking about all these different women, we were, you know, watching profile today on Ted Bundy. Um, we started thinking a little bit more about kind of the weird women of more closer to today and back in history that we're going to be profiling on the show. Um, And we really, like we said, I mean, what we loved about this show tonight is that it was a perspective that we had never seen before. And you never really get to hear that side of the story. You know, your people are mostly fascinated in this instance with Ted Bundy. What was wrong with him? What did he do? Who did he target? You know, it didn't really go into the psyche of, all right, what kind of person gets seduced by a Ted Bundy? What kind of person follows um, a stranger into, you know, gets lured into it? A- or,
1: or even just knowing, like, the, the personal stories of these women as actual individuals. Because yes. I feel like that – I again, I love true crime, and I feel like I've watched so many other series, documentaries, whatever, where there's so much covered about the victims, and they have family members talk about them – and it's very strange with the number of women that he killed that
0: I they're faceless like, Yeah,
1: you did like Aside you from see- George Ann Hawkins, well, who well, we, we both recognize immediately.
0: Recognizable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what was the other Anne and, and um Linda Ann Healy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I mean that's like that's the thing. Like you see these pictures. I could I guarantee you if you showed me some of these pictures, mm-hmm. even if I couldn't recognize them off the bat, I'd be like, you "No, know
0: they were victims." Yes,
1: I knew it was it was something, and and some a victim of someone, but you know nothing else about these
0: people. Yeah, and they're you know really nameless except for those individuals that we mentioned. <laughs> Kind of faceless, you know, they blend into that group. They're identified as yeah, victims of X it's person. All the
1: all the girls with the hair parted down the middle, and it's yeah. just like, oh, it's just another one of the
0: however many, right? And we don't really get any of the defining characteristics about them. Well, you know what's crazy is like the which we just discussed um is the fact that these parents, the parents of the children who became serial killers, right? If you oh, can follow yeah. this, yeah, were the folks who would have been adults and been living their adult lives in that post-war, you the know, Greatest Generation
1: is kind of what their generation is called. Exactly. Yeah. And they
0: had the need for these, I mean, the women really had the need for this form of entertainment um, and really just, I don't know, they were like kind of stuck in suburbia. God, that's
1: actually a really crazy,
0: like, parallel that you're going with there because
1: the theory on some of these serial killers is that you had so many in the seventies because they were raised by these men that had come back from the war and were severely traumatized and get the help they needed. And then it was kind of that American dream, you know, push where it was like, have a bunch of kids, you know, move out into the suburbs, all that type of thing. Yeah. That family life, white picket fence, American dream. But it's interesting to see almost like the flip side for women where it's a, it's another kind of, trauma in a sense or just kind of you could see the struggle that would result from things
0: where they had to go to work during the war right and, and then- the societal shift of the expectations from okay now you're your own person and you go to work right. because it's the war and there isn't anybody to That's do this Patriotism, work. exactly like you're doing your part rosie the riveter yep exactly um, you know getting out there and doing your thing versus okay the men are home right now you need to go back to the household yep you need to figure out how to work a washing machine (laughs) um and good luck to you yeah and i hope you're happy and you better be or if you're not don't tell us because we don't care anyway (laughs) yeah we don't want to hear it exactly so it's a big shift that we're seeing in this time period in the 50s from that working woman, the forced to work working woman to this housebound creature that was no longer socialized, was no longer educated. I mean, again, you know, we're not talking about higher education here, but we're talking about learning a craft or learning how to do a certain job position and being an important member of society. Just putting those skills to work outside of the household. Absolutely. The society that we talked about where women were back to being relegated to their households from being forced into the working world, being forced to learn a task, being productive in society, being valued members of society, and suddenly losing all that and being forced back to the household, being behind the scenes, that sets the stage for where our topic of the day will come to light. All right. So uh,
1: like you said, our topic for today is going to be Tupperware. And that may sound like a kind of weird topic to get onto. How does that relate to women's history how is that interesting um you'd be shocked yeah looking into it it actually is really interesting and there's one figure that kind of takes the spotlight in this story that in her own right is very interesting um but i wanted to see first of all because nowadays (laughs) like tupperware tupperware party i've never I I don't even know where you would find one or somebody that would invite you to one but did you ever grow up having Tupperware? Oh of
0: course and I mean even today I think of Tupperware as being it's a trade name yep. that is used as a common name so like whereas I, kleenex, I, I was just gonna what say what that is the name for that a word that's used it's uh, like it, a brand yeah, when a brand name gets used right. as a just a name for something i remember like when, the, when or, the
1: ipod came out they were like this is gonna be like kleenex where
0: every mp3 totally. player is gonna be
1: an, an iPod. ipod yeah and
0: they were right my god but i mean i really feel that way about tupperware i use that as a term for every time, you know, I'm getting storage container. Yeah. A plastic storage container that seals shut and keeps the elements out, keeps the food fresher longer. And I don't know about you, but to me it's a staple of every kitchen. Oh. And you know, if you don't see that in the kitchen, then you think, okay, people aren't packing their lunch. Right. Because how the hell are you gonna keep your food fresh? Right. And it's just, it's important. And I almost, I feel like we always had them. We never lived without them. Yeah. They're so um, comfortable. Yeah. Like it's just this kind of figure that you see in the kitchen and it's part of your day-to-day life. Yeah, it's- And I, I just think it's funny because now looking back, like
1: there's, I don't think my family has any like modern Tupperware items, but looking back, We still have a lot of those older items, which is kind of funny to see. Like people don't want to give them up. Well, fun fact, too, that I learned looking into this topic, they actually have a lifetime uh, warranty. Oh, my God. I know. Who knew? I know. Well, and that was one of the things that I I read, too. Um, There's been a big resurgence on, like, Etsy and eBay and all that stuff in this vintage Tupperware movement. And so the fact that they're still around and people are seeking them out to, like, build their collection of vintage Tupperware, in a way, does kind of, like,
0: go to the testimony of how well they're made. Oh, absolutely. And they are so efficient at doing exactly what they claim to do. And I think that's probably because, you know, they have science behind them. Right. I didn't even realize. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Oh, my gosh. I mean – in this day and age, we think of plastics as just being you oh know, my any god, material. anything. Everything's made of plastic. Anything you know, cheap, you buy it at the store. Any any container at the store, like any you know, absolutely. Yeah. And back in the day, I mean, when I started looking into this, it sounds like a lot of folks were actually petrified of plastic. Yeah, and it, it just was unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah, it got a weird bad rap. Apparently it was kind of more of like a scientific yeah. um, material. It wasn't something that people recognize in their households. So Especially the kitchen. Yeah, especially the kitchen. And they thought it had a weird smell, which yep. I totally get that. I mean there's some there are, water bottles still today. Say. Don't you feel that way? You fill your oh, water yeah. bottle. And you get a whiff of it, and you're like, geez, like that yeah. really doesn't smell too good. I thought good. I put
1: this through the dishwasher, but not, not enough, Yeah, I guess. not enough. Yeah. I got to wash the plastic out right. of it, which
0: it's probably just going to leach into the water right. and kill yeah, you. I but I'll get cancer. But. Right. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, yeah, but people were really spooked about plastic, and they didn't know how to deal with it. They yeah. didn't want to buy it. They didn't want to have it in their homes. It was this unfamiliar alien product, and especially because it was being peddled by a scientist
1: well an interesting thing that i learned about this that honestly did kind of creep me out even reading it was that the plastic that this was made out of so again this ties into the world war ii thing that plastic had become this new commodity during the war and now it's over dupont is looking to use plastic in other ways but so Earl Tupper had worked in the plastics industry before this and um, working with DuPont. Again, they were looking for some other way to use their plastic in products after the war. There was this like sludge byproduct oh, God. of the plastic. And that is what Earl Tupper used to make Tupperware. I
0: had no yeah. idea. Yeah. And,
1: and they because... Plastic, another reason that people were kind of anti-plastic or, or were kind of like, oh, I don't know if this What's is... What's going on with this material? Yeah, because it was very brittle. It was very, you know, it could chip, it could smell, like all that stuff. And this sludge byproduct was actually very moldable. Oh, my God. Which is disgusting. But yeah. they were like, fine, yeah, yeah, have as much as you want.
0: Like, take it. Yeah, we it. don't want it, it's garbage.
1: Right, it's, it's waste. And so he took that, worked with that, molded it, And that's what made Tupperware holy shit. Yeah, that's crazy. So during the 40s, um, the Wonder Bowl was his premier product that he used this disgusting
0: sludge to make, which is just unbelievable. And it's so smart. I mean, who would think to do that? Like, let's take some garbage, right, waste runoff, whatever you want to call it, and mold it into this incredibly pliable plastic design that is just perfect to carry around for like daily use too. oh I mean, my god that is
1: really crazy like to think it's something that would be trash otherwise and mm-hmm. it's still around today and, yeah you know. and it's so
0: important right and my gosh it really does a great job like we talked about it doing exactly what its job was yep which is to you know keep food fresher longer by keeping out the outside elements yep
1: well what i think was interesting too about this his claim to fame that was actually a detriment at the beginning was his patented burping oh my gosh lid which
0: drove us both crazy oh, when I we read it i this. don't know the
1: word and the and the thought just is gross horrifying but he had his tupperware in stores at first and he had this burping lid that was actually modeled off of a paint can lid and that's how they came up with the seal brilliant design or he came up with the seal design there but it was in stores in the '40s, and people back then were like, "This is space age stuff. I don't know how what to the work hell this. Is this." And so it
0: wasn't doing really well. Well, I just think that that added to people being skeeved out. It's it's a double edged sword. Um, but it's sort of cool how it worked in both ways. So before people became comfortable with the Tupperware setup and the product. Um, They were even more revolted, as far as what I read, by the fact that these lids had to be burped. People couldn't figure (laughs) out how to burp them. (laughs) So that's what I'm thinking. I I mean, if you're thinking about products that appeal to housewives and to women, what could be more appealing and relatable than something that you do with a baby. Right. Well, wow, that's very true. Right. It's actually a really So good point. what sort of bit Tupper in the ass when he first started the product and added to the re- complete um, revulsion of these people against Tupperware, against his product, maybe sort of came off as something comfortable and normal and human almost – later on when they when it became a household name yeah yeah no and it's
1: just it's interesting though to see kind of the next chapter of this then how it started to fail at the beginning when it was on the shelves in stores and tupper had a great product but it really took a great woman named brownie wise which A.K.A. Pennywise, Pennywise the class. <laughs> our girl Penny. No, <laughs> she was she was revolutionary though. She was actually the one that kind of made Tupperware
0: what it is today and why it's Absolutely. still a household name. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and it was just such a big issue. Tupper, Earl Tupper, was not a guy that wanted to be out in the public eye. He was incredibly mortifyingly shy. (laughs) I mean, I can kind (laughs) of (laughs) relate. Aren't we all? Um, Which is why we remain nameless over here on Betsy Boss. Um, But he just had no interest in being a public persona. He wanted his products to sell and be out in the world, but he didn't want to be the one peddling them. Um, So this woman, brownie-wise, really brought tupperware into american households yep and she was the driving force that brought sales way way up that normalized tupperware in the household and that made tupperware not just a product that everybody recognized and used but also a way for women to completely revolutionize their place in the house
1: yeah well it was really interesting to hear about a woman during this time period. She was very much an anomaly. She was a divorced mother of one. Yep. And Lone, yep, lonely, broke. Trying to just make a living. And she ended up being wildly successful. Um, she didn't come up with this whole kind of multi-level marketing plan. No, A.K.A. She...
0: MLM. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know. Bless her. Um, she didn't come up with this, but she really... Took it and ran with it.
0: Totally. And, and the, transferred it. And this is what made Tupperware kind of what it is. Absolutely. And if you think about this woman, I mean, that is not the time to be divorced, single, right. That's broke. A, yeah. She was a s- completely broke as a joke, just a dreamer living in Miami with her mom and her bastard son. Yeah. I mean, she had nothing to her name. Everything against her. <laughs> she, In fact, I don't know what... Business she had doing this, but her original job was writing advice columns. Oh which, no way! Yeah, I didn't see that. which was kind of crazy. And she was also doing secretarial work. I did see that. She yeah. kind of just like fell into this, mm-hmm. saw it somewhere else. Um, this business form that we're going to tell you about, and so she would go to households and do these demonstrations where
1: she would demonstrate this burping technique. And fill uh, a container with water, burp on the lid, and then throw it across the room to show.
0: <laughs> Which sounds like a blast, honestly. Well,
1: the funny thing is, don't ask me why this is what it reminds me of, but those Dairy Queen commercials or
0: are... Oh, with the blizzards? <laughs> yeah.
1: Of course! We're,
0: tip you it upside it down, upside it down. stays! Absolutely! Yeah. Which is actually really funny because these demonstrations are very much...
1: They're you are know. demonstrative and yeah. people like yeah. them yep. and it's
0: a lot of fun it's interactive right these housewives if you think back I mean what we were just talking about these women were bored out of their oh gourd they had nothing going on whatsoever but they had these patio parties and to be able to have these wherein a woman would come introduce you to this incredible new product throw it across your <laughs> living room in a fun demonstration for everybody to enjoy my god I mean it totally brought these women to the status of Lord of the Living Room. (laughs)
1: Lord (laughs) Okay, I have something I need to I need to throw in here at this part. I gotta find it. It was just it's called cold (laughs) carroting.
0: I didn't hear that one. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: gotta find it. Hold on. So another one of these techniques that was used to sell these products and outside of the party itself was this thing called carrot calling
0: oh my gosh i didn't hear about this
1: yeah this is interesting although it's funny because you see this on commercials now um it would be a representative would go door to door and provide their neighbors with a tupperware product and say all right i'm gonna give you this tupperware product two carrots or whatever put one in the tupperware container Put one in whatever you're currently using to. Oh,
0: a literal carrot. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking carrots
1: like. Oh, like diamond
0: gold or you know whatever.
1: No, 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 no. Like a literal carrot. And another funny fact was, um, a lot of times women would use shower caps to. I had heard that. Yeah, to cover. Meanwhile, items.
0: I'm just thinking to myself when I read that fact. Nobody ever thought in this whole period of human existence there have been refrigerators there's been food (laughs) preservation we learned that there isn't spontaneous generation of flies and stuff like that from our food we know that it's because it's uncovered that it becomes impossible to eat exposed to airborne yeah exactly and exposed to the elements how did nobody come up with a better idea than using a (laughs) hair what do you call it
1: i know a shower Uh, cap cap. like my god i know i was seeing i was seeing a shower
0: cap or a cloth oh it's just it's repulsive to the human spirit to think that it took this long and that a scientist had to uh, come up with something yep yep
1: but anyway this was their kind of experiment to again this tends to be a theme I think I've seen where it's showing real results and putting the product in the consumer's hand so cool yeah it was it was revolutionary for that time i mean we see it all the time now but
0: so the carrot in the tupperware i presume would stay fresh
1: so much longer i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) well with that lifetime guarantee oh absolutely oh my (laughs) gosh
0: it's really neat Uh, you know what's um this also kind of conjured up images for me um just the format of these parties the format of this sales structure Brought to mind pyramid schemes. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And brought to mind Mary Kay. Yeah, the smoothies, the shakes, the Cutco knives was a big one for oh, me in high school. Yeah, we yeah. had kids who, you know, got recruited to this Cutco company, <laughs> and it's these knives that can cut through a penny. Whoa. um These girls would go, you know, peddling them, <laughs> and they'd go to who their friends and neighbors. Yeah, and they're friends' moms and their friends' neighbors. I mean, it was just the same format. And it's also kind of the same as these true romance parties that people have where they sell um, sex toys. Oh, and I've never been to one, but everybody who I know who has gone to one or has been tricked into going to one (laughs) has been totally... Bamboozled into buying something. I mean, that's how it
1: works. You know, it's how it
0: works, and it's brilliant. Yeah, it, it really, really is. You're caught up in the moment. You've got all these people looking at you. You've yes. got this passionate yeah. salesperson who's dressed kinda... attractively. You know, it was a whole thing. I mean, it was yep. a
1: whole scheme. Well, it's like you know, in any type of work or school event where it's you know, all right, we're gonna pass this around. Everybody sign up. You know, it's a yep. it's voluntary.
0: but But is it really yeah
1: you see everyone else signing up and why aren't you signing up you know oh 100% thing everyone else is buying something well what are you doing why aren't you
0: buying something oh absolutely and that's exactly what happened to these women of the day it's just they would end up buying just a ton of bowls yep and you know whole collections they came up with snappy names oh I love this is not that great but with um Different jewel tones, oh, you yes. know, sapphire blue and ruby red, mm-hmm. you know, just enough to make it seem a little bit glamorous, make yep. it seem relatable. I think that was a huge thing for getting over the hurdle with this product that yeah. was alien and strange. Um, and basically, here we were with Brownie Wise whoring out these ideas <laughs> of traditional womanhood to sell her craft, sell her shit. Yep. She climbed the corporate ladder this way. Um, until finally, I mean, she became the VP of this company.
1: That is what to me is amazing that in a couple of years, she had, you know, been the biggest success in this whole Tupperware plan. And all of a sudden now she's, you know, part of the actual organization
0: itself. Right. And this was in 1951. If you look back at that time, <sighs> we're just coming off of the 40s. That's that insane. is way back when we're talking before hairspray <laughs> came out i mean no aquanet
1: back then no aquanet
0: <laughs> it was not invented yet i presume i mean we'll have to look into that yeah. one yeah but i mean for her to climb this far and to have this scientist who's shy and alone and scared right. of the spotlight promote her to a position of power and to not just that make her the face of this organization right yeah and Who are you selling to? Somebody who looks probably exactly like the person who's doing the selling. Yep. So talk about relatability, talk about comfortability. It's all of those integral factors of making tupperware a household name and sneaking into these people's homes and consciousness
1: yeah so she was the first woman to be featured on the cover of business week
0: really cool it's just
1: incredible how many things she did during this time period how many glass ceilings she broke through totally
0: or were they plastic ceilings ah! Nice. Right? I like it. But, I mean, she essentially started a female-run industry. Yeah. These folks would recruit their friends, who would recruit their friends, in the typical pyramid scheme fashion. Right, And finally, you had this exclusively female sales base. Yeah. And, my God, she started... Sending newsletters out. Right, we were just joking right. about this. She was talking about different dealers who would share their successes and tips to sell. Um, she also just had this great forward-thinking, positive mindset that she would publish in this newsletter. And they talked about Tupperware selling as being a lifestyle right. and not a job. Um, and just female empowerment early on. In the 50s! I mean, the 50s. I think of 50s housewives oh as being kind of a low point that I was just going
1: to say that is like the image of subjugation right and kind of what women are trying to progress from that's yes. kind of the standard of you know a jumping expectation off expectation that is placed on women and
0: you know so what I loved about this which actually reminded me of Mary Kay I yep. think um, giving out the pink Cadillacs mm-hmm. um, to their top sellers this company Tupperware would also do the same exact thing and give their top sellers crazy lavish gifts oh like God. diamond rings. I mean, talk about like mink shawls and yes. Yeah. I mean, nothing is going to make me want to get my ass out there and sell as a nineteen like diamond ring
1: fifties woman, especially too. Like, what could you want? Being able to essentially earn that yourself. From Absolutely, this career that you've developed yourself.
0: And of all things, a diamond ring. I know. Like, my I gosh, know. <laughs> something that could never be earned yep. by a woman and bought for herself, but something that's earned in a wholly different way. Um, it's just so interesting that they chose to do that and, yeah. in this female-run industry.
1: Yep. So related to these prizes, uh, which is very interesting, are these jubilee celebrations, which actually do still go on in some fashion today these were these huge shindigs they would bring in the their biggest sellers and it was kind of a several day event they would have performers they would have more prizes it was really a chance to recognize these top sellers and an incentive for them to continue to perform like they were brilliant and it it just i actually watched some videos on youtube um about uh, that were recordings of some of these jubilee celebrations and it was just crazy like it was it was funny they actually had one performer i i didn't recognize her but she was probably some well-known performer and started singing a song and kind of adapted it to be about tupperware
0: oh my gosh how great
1: which was just and of course the crowd you know went wild and But it was just, it was crazy. They were these huge celebrations. Um.
0: If you go to our Instagram, there's actually a snapshot from one of these parties. um, And they're referring to the patio parties. But the women are holding up signs that say parties are the answer. (laughs) And obviously today that takes on a whole different meaning. We think parties are the answer too. um, To a totally different set of problems. But just... A fascinating way to promote these females, to make them feel special, to keep them performing, keep them selling, keep them on their toes. I mean, they're looking up at these other um, pros, different people who are given tips and tricks to making these sales. It's so smart. And how about just the... um, the battle between the traditional female at home figure, is it reinforcing that
1: stereotype that I, yeah, I did come across that a lot, whether it should be even today, something that women support or are against. Right. These at home sales. Yeah. Because it is a way for, you know, for a woman to be empowered and create her own um, position, her own income. And it's something that fits, you know it's very flexible with your schedule, and uh, there's a lot of benefits to it. It's easy to kind of get your friends involved, but I know there's also questions about uh, it's the type of thing there's not benefits involved, and yep. you know is it is it kind of especially with Tupperware empowering women or reinforcing that kind of domesticated
0: gender stereotype? Yeah, you got to be
1: in the house, so like of course you're going to be selling
0: kitchen up, um oh, yeah, appliances and utensils, right. and Yeah, to other women in their homes. I mean, it's just very interesting. Yeah. um... So
1: the uh, publicly stated reason for the downfall of Brownie actually goes back to these jubilee celebrations, and it goes back specifically to the celebration in 1957. Their theme for this party was a luau. They actually, again, looking up some of these videos, they had very themed jubilee events. One of them was like the gold rush, Mm And this one it looked wo- like a blast. It, it really did. Like th- these people were into it. Mm-hmm. So this specific uh, Jubilee celebration was held at their headquarters in Florida. And again, 1957, it was a luau theme and it was held outdoors. And what I could find was that there was bad weather. Uh-oh. And, uh Oh, and Brownie kind of pushed people as they saw the weather coming in. It was bad to get on these boats. And there was actually a lawsuit after this whole thing, because people got on these boats, and again, I couldn't find it, as much information as I kind of remember seeing in some documentary or something I've seen before. But they got on these boats, were somehow injured. The drivers were incompetent.
0: Oh my gosh! And um, they, they only were, knew how to sell Tupperware. They didn't know that's how right. to drive I boats. I mean, they
1: didn't say. Look, it was modeled after a paint can, not a steering wheel. <laughs> like so. They sued after the fact because they were on these boats with poor drivers and the weather and whatnot. Um, So it was kind of this publicized thing, and it was a a bad mark on Tupperware. So this was 1957, kind of a major crash at this jubilee. Then comes 1958. Uh Uh-oh. And this gave our buddy Earl the perfect excuse to say... I no longer, you know, Eat want your you. Services. Yeah, <laughs> in many ways. Uh, but he then took this and publicly, at least, said that this was kind of the reason that he was going to remove Brownie from the board.
0: Such a good scapegoat. Yep,
1: yep. He said, "I don't like the spending on these jubilee celebrations, and look how poorly this this recent one turned out." So that's it. You're off. You know, you're no longer a uh, high up in this company but the real reason was because he was looking to sell the company and he thought it reflected poorly on Tupperware to have a woman and especially a loud yep
0: you know not a soft spoken gentle woman
1: it's like uh, an irony because they're selling to women to women by women right but for some reason having this feminine feel and i guess having a woman there is at the helm of right, the operation just was too much and you yeah know, would push these buyers over the edge in his mind so
0: um yeah so he
1: he kicked her off and sold the company Yep. And
0: he sounds like he totally stripped her name from everything. I mean, wouldn't even mention her. Would not recognize her for anything. And did you hear about how she took them to court and what she got away from? Oh, my gosh. So Brownie, you know, not to be taken off the docket here, took these people to court, took um, Earl Tupper and his whole board, who were all male, by the way. She took them to court. And all she got out of that court oh. proceeding was a one-time payment of one-year salary, which was thirty grand, by the way. So oh she's not exactly making top dollar. And she
1: made Tupperware. I mean, everything we've She read, made it she what made it was. It. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, she was the face. She wow. was the name. She was everything. And was stripped, cast asunder. And she went on shocker. Um, to work at cosmetics companies that Mm. used similar sales strategies, which we talked about. Oh, yes. I heard it was
1: called Cinderella something. It sounded (laughs) rough, honestly. Mm. And apparently
0: none of them did very well at all. (laughs) I mean, it really was quite the disaster. Um, In spite of the fact that Brownie Wise kind of met her demise um, with the Tupperware industry, um, you know, those who rise fast fall even faster, she um still kind of stands out to us as just a symbol of female empowerment. She totally rose from the ashes like a phoenix, um, of her broken relationship, her empty you know pockets. She was living with her mom in Miami, hungry, sick of her you know deadbeat husband. And exhausted from caring for her child. And she created this massive industry. And not just in the Tupperware industry, but a form of industry that pervades, still to this day, like we said, all different types of sales. Um, And there's all different types of products that are still sold this way. Very successfully, I might add. I mean, I've been pressured to buy a few things by peers who um
1: oh on Facebook and everything now oh hundred percent do you get that you know yeah you hey, get a message from someone to you forever. yeah,
0: yeah. they have you know usually it's a thinly veiled insult and um, <laughs> <laughs> you look like you could use wow look you look better than expected like <laughs> <laughs> backhanded compliments oh. but yeah it's really kind of cool that even though Earl Tupper did everything he could to stamp out her name yep she's still this incredible figure oh I mean, doing this research, you could not look up Tupperware without Brownie coming up. Yeah, which is amazing because it's the very thing that Earl worked so hard to have stamped out. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. So she's
0: very much an iconic figure and
1: very interesting to look into someone who did what she did during that time period. Absolutely, and
0: you'd be wise to put your brownies in a Tupperware <laughs> oh. if you want to keep them fresh.
1: Also, Tupperware, if you'd like to sponsor us, we're uh,
0: <laughs> We are looking we're for open. sponsors. <laughs> we are wide open. Yes.
1: <laughs> All right, well, I think that probably concludes our episode on Tupperware and... Our girl, Brownie Wise.
0: Mm -hmm. And if you'd like to find us and look at some photos of the time period, and specifically one photo of one of these porch parties, one of these jubilee celebrations, feel free to look us up on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter as at Betsy Boss Pod. Our website is BetsyBossPodcast.com and on facebook we are betsy boss podcast and it's important to note that betsy is spelled without an e before the y so that's b-e-t-s-y not s-e-y contrary to popular belief a lot of folks calling in about that but um, we did in fact google the name before we started this podcast and we are correct so (laughs) thank you for your concern But we will be proceeding with this spelling, which is the correct one. It's
1: out there now. We have the accounts registered, right or not. Exactly.
0: (laughs) We're stuck with it. Our email address is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. If you have an idea for an episode or a famous female figure that you would like to see profiled, Please feel free to email us, hit us on Twitter, talk to us on Instagram, or send us a message on Facebook. And we would be happy to look into any of these quirky female stories. Um, They're so interesting to us, and we had so much fun today talking about Tupperware.